Hello, saints. Hello, sinners. Today we are looking at our scripture from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. And uh, we're going to begin with verse 5 and read through the very end of the book. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, verses 5 through 13. Now, our scripture today comes from a collection of letters the Apostle Paul has written to the church in Corinth. Uh, Corinth was a salty sea town in that it was a valuable crossroads for uh, land and sea. It was located on a very strategically placed isthmus. Um, it had a plethora of different people from all over the world. Uh, it was a place of rousing business trade. Um, like today, it was a world that was stratified. You had this large group of what we would now call Anglo-Europeans. You would have a group of people from Persia or Iraq, Iran. You would have folks from the Middle East. You would have folks from Africa. It was really a melting pot. And just like today, there was that stratification of the rich and the poor. There was this, uh, the locals and the newbies. And then you also had... Um, the stratification of the different ethnicities. It was culturally rich. Now, this collection of churches in Corinth were some of the most challenging churches the Apostle Paul had. Uh, they were his troubled children uh, there in uh, Corinth. And the corpus of letters that make up First and Second Corinthians are the Apostles' attempts to get the church healthy again, to help the Corinthian church get back on track on purpose. Uh, the issues that the church was having to deal with that day uh, had to do everything from the promise of making good on a promise they had made to financially support the Christians in Jerusalem that they had yet to make good on. Um, there was a distorting of the work of Jesus. There was this prevalent uh, intrusion of philosophies, uh, corrupting the unique message of Jesus. And then um, there were also struggling issues of discrimination within the church itself. Now, topping it all off, these churches in Corinth had this horrible habit of fighting, bickering, and gossiping and backstabbing each other. They were tough churches. And our, this is what First and Second Corinthians are written for, to help them get refocused on the true path. Now, our scripture today comes from the closing of Paul's last letter to the Corinthians. Uh, he's letting them know that he is coming back, no less, for the third time. And he's going to set things right with this troubled church, whether they're going to appreciate his presence or not. Paul's a little hot and under the collar at this point. And he ends his letter uh, to the Corinthians with some pretty basic instructions. He says, take stock of who you are. He says, does your life and does the life in the church reflect that Jesus lives in you? Are you growing into a whole, complete purpose or person and church of God? And for crying out loud, get along with each other. This is what Paul was trying to get across. Let's hear Paul say it. 
from our scripture today, from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning with verse 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes, Examine yourselves to see whether you are living in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail the test. I hope you will find out that we have not failed, but we pray to God that you may not do anything wrong. Not that we may appear to have met the test ourselves, but you may do what is right, though we may have seemed to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we rejoice when we are weak and when you are strong. This is what we pray for, that you may become perfect, complete, So I write these things while I am away from you, so that when I come, I may not have to be so severe in using my authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This ends the reading of the Word. Thanks be to God. Today we're going to focus specifically on verse 5 of our text, and I'm building my thoughts around the title, It's Time We All Hit the Pause Button. Now each of us knows what a pause button is, don't we? Sure we do. On your TV remote, your favorite TV show comes on or movie, and all of a sudden there's an interruption. Someone knocks at the door. The phone rings. All the beverages you have been quaffing have said it's time to let us out. And so for whatever reason, you have to hit the pause button on the TV remote so that you don't miss any of the action while you are attending to the interruption. Well, today, the apostle in our text is saying that it's time for you and me, beloved, to hit the pause button in this swirly life of ours. This past week, General Presbyter for the Presbytery of Tropical Florida, Darius Botina, posed a very interesting and sobering questions to the pastors uh, and elders of our presbytery. Uh, He asked, how are you and your churches seeing this time we are living in right now? Is it an interruption or Is it a disruption? And his question hit us all rather hard. It was very thoughtful. It got us thinking. It was a question that forced us to hit the pause button and do some reflecting, some examining. Are all these events of 2020 an interruption 
or are they a disruption? The events of our colorful, colorful year are many. There's a world pandemic. There's an international economic challenges and upheaval. There are social disruptions in Hong Kong, the United States, Europe, South America because of the abuses of power and the privilege used against those who are voiceless. There is violence by land grabs from one nation against another nation. And there is this reality of our ever-evolving climate situation. Are these interruptions into our life? Or are they disruptions? One could say this swirly year actually contains both. Our lives have been interrupted with death, with loss. Our lives have been disrupted by fear, anxiety, and senses of hopelessness. And yet, there is a difference between the two. There is a difference between an interruption and a disruption. And this is what Dr. Boltina was trying to get us to understand. You see, if we view the events of 2020, this crazy year, as merely an interruption, then we will have failed to learn anything. Once the interruption is over, everything will return to normal and we will walk blissfully and ignorantly on our way as though nothing has happened. However, we've experienced more than an interruption. See, a disruption is when we take these intrusions that have been thrust upon us this year and we see them as value-inducing crises that will help us grow deeper, wiser, and closer together. It's a reminder that the reality is there is no return to status quo. There is no return to normal. That is past. It's going to require this disruption to our world, to its economies, to our faith, to our relationships with each other, with our relationships in government. It's going to require us, for you and me, the church, to learn new ways of being the church in relating and leading in this world of ours. Think of it like this. A hurricane is an interruption. And in Florida, we've experienced hurricanes. Everything gets put on hold for two weeks. The storm comes, we clean up, we get back to living again. The restaurants refill, we go about our appointments, we go back to church. But a disruption is different. A disruption affects of climate change, for example. With rising sea levels, warmer ocean temperatures, those are disruptions that will have a much longer-lasting effect and deeper consequences for a longer period of time for a greater number of people. Disruptions in life cause paradigm shifts. It forces us to look at each other, the world, and the way we do things differently. It 
forces us to experience one another and to experience God differently. It forces us the way we see and experience our political, our economic, our justice systems, and the environment, all from different views. Disruptions, beloved, are seeds for new beginnings in life. What is vital for us now in the church, beloved, is that we learn how each of us are experiencing, coping, and processing these disruptions of our year, of our life. Friends, what our nation, what our world needs and has experienced this year are major, major disruptions. They are not interruptions. There is no going back to normal. And hence Paul's words today in our text. Examine yourselves. See if you are living in Christ Jesus. Test yourselves. Don't you realize Jesus is living in you? Now, for followers of Christ, we should not be afraid of all that is going on in our world. World events, as Jesus said himself in the Gospels, are birth pangs for something new to be born, where God is already waiting for us. Whether or not we will see this time in our lives um, as a fruitless cause, a fruitless interruption, or whether we see this opportunity as a disruption to create new birth new growth in our spiritual, communal, political, and social lives. Unless we can begin to see that all of that is redeemable by God's Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, it's all a wake-up call for us to hit the pause button. It's all about, in this moment of disruption, to pause and examine ourselves personally. Determine, can the world tell Jesus is living in me? Beloved as Christians, let us deeply examine ourselves to see if we are both publicly displaying and interiorly in our soul, living out our faith as though Jesus is living within each of us. If there is hubris and pride, he's not there. If there are airs of superiority and entitlement in our life, he's not there. If we have a dedication to political causes that overshadow Jesus' love for the poor, for the unjust, He's not there. If we afford it up to the point we cannot have dialogue with one another on important vital issues, He's not there. 
we fail to show humility, He's not there. Beloved, these disruptive times are uncomfortable, but they are redeemable. These disruptive times are violent in speech and behavior, but they are, be, they are able to be made peaceful through the love and power of Jesus Christ. These disruptive times can be painful, but friends, let's remember that new life, new birth only happens through the pain. Beloved, hit the pause button. Where is Jesus trying to work in new life, new opportunities, new growth for you, for this church, our nation? I close with a poem that I found on Instagram. There's a lot of trash on Instagram. But I found this poem this week that I thought really encapsulated what, what Paul is trying to say. It's written by a woman, Leslie Dwight. She writes, What if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw, that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather, she says, it's the most important year of them all. Paul, the apostle, calls us to examine ourselves, to test whether we are living in the full faith of Jesus Christ. How, beloved, how is Jesus living and being demonstrated through you and through me and through this church? Let's hit the pause button this week and do some heavy, thoughtful reflection. Pray with me. Holy Spirit of God, as we gather this day, we come and we acknowledge the swirliness of this world. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us in the midst of all this chaos, from politics to economy to pandemic 
to race relations, relations between one country and another, Lord God, help us to hit the pause button. And help us to prevent examining the other person, which is so easy to do. But instead, through your Holy Spirit, help us examine how Jesus is living in each of us. For we ask this in his precious, powerful name. Amen. My friends, what a week it's been. If the events of the world, of the week, of the protests, of the riots, and the death of George Floyd and other women and men like him have disturbed you, I invite you to press the pause button. And remember that Jesus Christ stands at the door of your heart and he knocks gently. And he wants to come in and have supper with you and you with him. If you wish to profess or reprofess your faith in Jesus Christ, then please call us here at the church. Call and talk with me. Call and talk with Pastor Pam, Pastor Nick, and we'll tell you all about it. My friends, as you go this day, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face to you and smile sweetly, beautifully, radiantly, and give you the peace of Jesus Christ. Go in that peace. Amen. And as we go today, I invite you to take your candle at home. And as we blow the candle, let us extinguish it so that we take the light of Christ with us out into the world. Be blessed, my friends. We will see you soon.